You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears are stealing their offensive coordinator from a bitter division rival. With a new OC, might be more important to the Bears' long-term success than their new head coach. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and every day. On the show today, we're going to learn more about new Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze. We'll be joined by Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers, who's help us going to help us break down what Getze's been like as an assistant coach in Green Bay, what we know about him as a passing game coordinator, as a quarterback developer, working with Aaron Rodgers, but probably more relevantly, working with Jordan Love and trying to develop him, how this Packers offense works and how that might translate to Chicago, what, what Getze has been a part of and what he hasn't been a part of, where some of the strengths and weaknesses might lie in what he's bringing to the Chicago Bears. Because it is absolutely critical that this offensive coordinator pick be the right one for Matt Eberflus. And a lot of Bears fans excited for a lot of good reasons. And, and we'll get into all of those reasons and so many more on today's podcast. Just a quick programming note for you as we look ahead to the rest of this week. Tomorrow, or I guess today, when as we were listening to this podcast, the Bears will have their introductory press conference for the new head coach and GM. So then Tuesday's podcast, we'll dive into that. And also, on the, at that same day, I am going to be flying to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, the college football all-star game. I will be there all week covering practice all three days, and we will have some special guests on the podcast for you down there. We're going to be turning our attention a little bit more NFL draft-focused with the Senior Bowl while we're down there, but certainly we'll get plenty of Bears talk in there as well. So that's going to be coming over the next few days. I'm not going to have my same scenic background in our Lockdown Bears YouTube videos and not exactly the same microphone soundboard setup, but hey, we'll still be bringing you podcasts. We'll just be on the road taking it with us to go. The following week, I'm going to be out of town more uh, more for personal reasons than for work reasons, and the podcast will take the following Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off, but we'll kind of cross that bridge a little bit more when we get to it. For now, we get to a new a new Bears offensive coordinator coming over from the Green Bay Packers. And of course, here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, we have local experts covering every team. I know not everybody loves the way Peter Bukowski talks about the Chicago Bears, but he does know the Green Bay Packers really, really thoroughly. And so I'm really glad to be able to bring him on here to help us get a better sense of the new OC in charge of developing Justin Fields. All right, joining us now on the Locked On Bears podcast is Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers. I think a lot of listeners' favorite guests that we have on twice a year. Peter, uh, I imagine the conversation we're going to have with you here about Luke Getze is very similar to the type of conversation uh, you might be having with with Broncos fans and maybe Cody Roy from Locked On Broncos about Nathaniel Hackett. It just seems like a, a little bit of a purge of the Packers' offensive coaching staff. I guess, first of all, how is how, how is that being received in Green Bay, and what are you sort of expecting for, for the future there? Well, I think of all of the coaches that Green Bay um, wanted to keep, I think they kept the guy that they felt was most vital to what they were doing moving forward. And that's not to say that 
that Adam Stenovich, who's the Packers offensive line coach that they just elevated offensive coordinator, is a better coach than Nathaniel Hackett. They love Nathaniel Hackett. Um, they understood they were going to lose him. So we just have to, that's almost uh, a sunk cost in all of this. But if if they were going to retain someone, Matt LaFleur had the option. He could have promoted Luke Getze. Um, and maybe he tried to and, and Getze chose Chicago. Uh, that's probably what he'll say in his press conference. Whether or not that's true, we don't, we don't know, right? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the, the Packers were prepared for this. Nathaniel Hackett interviewed last offseason with the Falcons job. Um, Luke Getze interviewed for the Broncos job. So Matt LaFleur had to have a pretty good idea that some of these guys were going to be desirable. Now it's, it's about figuring out, okay, what's next? Um, they don't have a quarterback coach right now. Are they going to promote the receivers coach into passing game coordinator, which was Luke Getze's elevated title? So there's some, some things that they do still have to figure out, but Adam Stenovich, who's the guy that they kept, was the offensive line coach credited with a lot of the work that they were able to do to keep this thing together, This especially last year. No David Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins for much of the season. And Matt LaFleur ultimately decided that was the guy that he wanted to elevate. And, and that was the guy I think they identified early on. It was also the guy that Packer fans during this process were going, please take anyone but Adam Stenovich. That's how it ended up happening. Well, Bears fans are, are, I think, happy to take anybody who's been in the ecosystem here of, of the LaFleur offense and, and Aaron Rodgers as well. And I'm curious, with a quarterback coach in Green Bay, perhaps Jordan Love now changes this conversation a little bit more. But, like, do you get are you able to get much of a sense of, like, how good a quarterback coach is with Aaron Rodgers when, like, of course, like, you could put any quarterback coach in there? I mean, <laughs> have you seen at least, like, is there anything you can point to with Jordan Love from, I guess, preseason and the one regular season game we've seen where, like, yeah. it looks like development there I, from a QB coach? I, this is the question, right? And I think it is a great one. Um, here, here's what we know for sure, because coaching, we are notoriously bad at evaluating coaches. Yes. And we are notoriously bad at, at evaluating coaches in elevated roles. Just because someone is a good offensive coordinator, oftentimes they are a bad head coach. See also Nagy, Matt. <laughs> this is something that we we see time and time again. And so, and, and we want to take a Packers example. Joe Philbin was a very respected offensive coordinator for the Packers. He leaves goes to Miami, and it's a disaster, an utter disaster. So we know that Aaron Rodgers loves him. That's first and foremost. Aaron Rodgers loved and respected Luke Getze. There was a feeling that when the Packers rehired him because he was the receivers coach under Mike McCarthy, left, spent some time at Mississippi State. I'm sure we'll get into some of his background, and then comes back to the Packers as their quarterback coach in part because Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams advocated for him. Um, and, and so... He is someone who, you asked the Jordan Love part of this, the last two years stayed after practice every day with Jordan Love to work on footwork, to work on concepts, to work on, you know, a, a number of different things. And we've we've seen the progress. I mean, if you watch Jordan Love's tape at, at Utah State, it's scattershot with the footwork, the accuracy, um, some questionable decisions, and he'll still, he'll do some YOLO stuff. He'll still throw into coverage. But you know what he's not doing? Throwing to the wrong guy, throwing to someone who's covered. That's that is stuff that you are working on in the film room with your coaches. You're getting coached up. His footwork is much tighter. And and there's that's still the focus with him. They feel like if they can get his feet matched with his eyes, that he can be as good as he wants to be. Um, and you can see he his rhythm. I mean, he in the Chiefs game, inside his own 10, Jordan Love took a seven-step drop with a play action fake and fired a deep inbreaker. And it's like he never did that at Utah State. Like not one time in college did he ever do, maybe in his entire life, 
did he have to take a seven step drop <laughs> and fire a pass? Um, and, and he was able to do it. And I think Luke Getze deserves a lot of credit for it. So I think the line right now that, you know, if you're a Bears fan that you have to ride is get your Jordan Love jokes off. I get it. I totally get it. But now that's your king. That's your guy. The guy that, that made Jordan Love, whatever he is, is now calling the shots in Chicago. And, and I do think it's it was a good hire. Uh, I think I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, I don't know that that you're going to get some like college coach. You know, he has some experience at Mississippi State. I've seen a lot of talk about the RPO being a, a thing that he's going to bring to this offense. I don't know that that's even where you want Justin Fields living, frankly. Um, but I think I think he is going to be adaptable. And, and that is something that any young quarterback needs. Right before I started our interview here with Peter Bukowski, I had a quick little snack of the world's best tasting protein bars, Built Bars. They really truly are a game changer because Built Bars taste like a candy bar, but they have all the nutrients of a protein bar. So, of course, every Built Bar is soft and chewy and covered in 100% real chocolate. Head to toe all over the bar looks like a chocolate bar with inside a chewy, soft, delicious goodness of the protein bar it comes in a bunch of delicious flavors you know raspberry coconut cookies and cream salted caramel i have some i had some gingerbread over the holidays but every built bar is low sugar low calories high fiber and high protein it's giving you all the good stuff you need without any of that extra sweetness and sugary caloric junk that just makes you feel like crap especially if you're trying to eat a little healthier in this new year's built bar are a great way to accomplish those goals, head on over to built.com, enter in our promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at built.com. Do we know why the Packers added the passing game coordinator title onto him a couple of years ago and also... Did you notice any, I mean, obviously it's still Matt LaFleur's offense, but did, did you notice any difference in the passing game when he was the quote-unquote coordinator under there? Yeah, he got the title because they didn't want to lose him. To where? And I, I don't know that it was a specific um, someone is interested in hiring him just as much as it was, we want to make sure you feel welcome here because we know people are going to call mm -hmm. if we don't. And so it is a preemptive thing of like, we want to make sure you feel happy and respected and wanted here so that if someone says, hey, will you take an OC job, that it has to be a play calling OC job. And I, and I think that was the difference. That's why Adam Stenovich is the Packers OC now and not in Denver, because that's what they wanted in Denver, because Nathaniel Hackett presumably is going to call plays in Denver. Yeah. Well, Matt LaFleur calls plays. So being an OC for Green Bay is going to be different. And it's not a problem the Bears are going to have because Matt Eberflus, surprise, surprise, not going to call the offense. Uh, and, and so you, you're going to give full autonomy to that guy um, in order to make those position coaches um, incentivized to stay. I think you have to elevate their role because they're never going to be in a position where eventually they're going to be calling plays. Now, Nathaniel Hackett was their red zone specialist. Luke Getze was the third down specialist. So it, it's not like they didn't have these elevated and added responsibilities. I, I, but I can't say, yeah, the third down passing game got a lot better once Luke Getze started started calling it, or um, they got a lot more creative. Like this this past year, 
they went to, uh, interestingly, one of the things that the Rams went to to try and combat some of the too high stuff and some of the looks that they were getting. And, and that went, they, they went to empty and, you know, sort of on the same timeline as the Rams um, to varying degrees of success, I would say. I thought that the passing game was actually less creative this year than it was in, in 2020. Part of that was what they were dealing with offensive line. I think they, they tried to become, this is a, a bit of a forced metaphor, but they tried to become like the, the Seahawks cover three in the Legion of boom era, where it's just like, we're, we, you know what we're going to run and we're just so good at executing it. It doesn't matter. And that was sort of what they tried to be in. And, and they would spam RPOs and it was it, it was trust Aaron Rodgers' brain to make the right decision pre and post snap and go and and they just didn't sprinkle in enough creativity and enough new stuff. I I think that's why the Packer fans are actually invigorated by all of this because they feel like getting some new voices in, whether it's a a new tight ends coach, a new quarterbacks coach, um, could help bring some more diversity to this offense. That that took a step back in terms of the diversity. I mean, the Packers were number one in EPA per play when Aaron Rodgers played. So it's still a really good offense. Yeah. Um, but it took a step back from holy crap, which is what it was in 2020. Yeah. Let's get into that Packers offense a little bit more, even just more generally from not just year to year. But, you know, for, for Bears fans that, you know, maybe don't watch more than two Packers games a year and don't get like a great sense. We hear a lot of like, okay, the floor's from the short of Shanahan offense, the Shanahan tree. But what, what does that really mean for people who might not know in depth, like what characteristics that offense tends to bring? Well, what's interesting is it, it, check out the, the offense that the Bears were running a version of with Bill Lazor because there are a lot of similarities there in terms of outside zone running, play action off of that. You want plays to start looking the same and end up looking different. So there's this illusion of complexity idea. And teams, some teams, not all teams, um, have some counters defensively for that. Green Bay, by the way, did it last year um, in this past season with with what they were doing defensively and trying to just say, okay, you want to have all of these, this pre-snap motion and stuff doesn't actually affect us. We know where our gaps are regardless. Um, but I'm I'm interested to see what Getsy wants to run because as I said, he was the receivers coach under Mike McCarthy. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and then was the OC under Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. And then... The quarterbacks coach under Matt LaFleur. So those are three different offenses. And what is wh what parts is he going to bring from each that allows Justin Fields to succeed? So if, if you think he's going to come in and run this LaFleur Shanahan tree offense, you're probably going to see two tight end sets. Um, you're going to see um, a, a lot of that outside zone. Now they did the, the Packers sprinkled in more duo, more gap, more power stuff with AJ Dillon. I think that's something you could certainly do with David Montgomery. Um, and would, would work frankly. Um, and, and I think what you'll see a lot of is with Justin Fields is the hard play action into these deep. I mean, the, the Yankee, mm -hmm. the, um, dagger, some of these where you're throwing or sail, like where you're throwing these corners or deep posts, against these two high safety looks that everyone is using now um, and and trying to get him uh, to scheme up some stuff that way where you're also maximizing the protections. You've got the tight end, uh, you know, in there helping. Now, they don't have Mercedes Lewis, so a blocking tight end is probably high on the list of priorities. Jimmy Graham I was just gonna say. is not that guy. <laughs> um, it was funny to watch both Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur figure out very quickly that Jimmy Graham was not that guy in those situations. 
Um, and I, I think that that is the part of the offense that if you're if you're uh, a Bears fan, you're you're most excited about watching Justin Fields and and like Darnell Mooney uh, playing. All right, Bears fans, I want to tell you about an incredible app for everyone who buys gasoline. It's called Get Upside. And Locked On Bears listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas they fill up every time they go to the pumps. You just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play, enter in our promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you're going to get up to uh, actually 25 cents per gallon or more cash back when you fill up. Stop paying full price at the pump. Get some upside instead. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your Get Upside account, and then you can cash out literally at any time, whenever you feel like it. You can go direct to deposit into your bank account, or if you feel more comfortable going through PayPal, they do accept that as well, or even just cashing out to an e-gift card to online retailers like Amazon or other brands. So plenty of different ways to participate and get some of that upside with Get Upside. Download the app in the Google Play or the App Store. Enter in our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your Philips. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN when you download the Get Upside app. One of the things that stood out for me with, with this Packers offense, maybe a little bit less this past year because Randall Cobb was added to the mix, but the last couple of years, right? Like you said earlier, like Legion of Boom, it's like we, we are, we're going to do what we're going to do and you have to stop us with Devontae Adams in particular, where it was like mm. everyone knew it was kind of Devontae Adams and then not much else. And again, Cobb, Cobb changes maybe a little bit more this year, but he was also hurt a little bit in and out of lineup. So like how did, again, sort of assuming Getsy might bring some of these types of things, which we don't know for sure, but how, how did the Fleur's offense find ways to still make Devontae Adams work? I mean, obviously he's a talented, super talented player, of course, but like what, what things did they do with Devontae Adams to overcome the, the fact that defenses knew that's where they wanted to go with the ball? They moved him around. And, and that is an, an easy answer. And it is surprising how infrequently you see teams do it. Like if you watch the Cardinals offense with DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the five best receivers in the league, he is almost always in the same spot. And he's on the backside of a three by one. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, <laughs> yeah. go, be an, go be an X receiver. And that's just... Like if you're DeAndre Hopkins, it works for you. It works for him. He can just overpower people. And, and you've got Kyler Murray who can create outside of structure and it works. Why not make it easier? And one of the other things that they did was they went to um, these RPO looks that are not RPOs the way that we're used to thinking about RPOs. They're pre-snap RPOs. So it's based on the front you're going to run um, or you're going to pass rather than post-snap reading a conflict defender in the hole or reading the, you know, the, the, um, the college RPO. If you watch, uh, Miami, for example, Tua is running basically Alabama's RPO offense. Um, and, and you're reading the conflict defender that, that is not what green Bay was doing. And then they were using Devonte Adams as the, the screener in the receiver screen. And you put Alan Lazard out there and who's like a tight end blocking, or you put him in a, it would be a three by one. They, my favorite thing that the Packers did to try and create issues for teams was they would have either out of 21 or out of 11, they would put two guys in the backfield and they'd create an RPO where it's either inside zone to AJ Dillon, or you've got this swing motion to the two receiver side where you can throw that screen. Mm. And so that is, that is the part of the game that I think the Packers did some really cool stuff with. 
And they would do it with Aaron Jones. They would do it with Devontae Adams. And they always, you know, in, in third down situations or in red zone situations, they had something for Devontae Adams. Um, I'm thinking of a play against the Rams. Jalen Ramsey on Devontae Adams in the slot. And, okay, they run this, this RPO all the time. I mean, they run it 10 times, 15 times a game. And if you see Devontae sort of, you know, um, gliding to the boundary, you know it's an RPO because it's going to be that screen. Well, they got Jalen Ramsey peaking. Devontae took two steps to his left, cut up field on a third down, and it's basically a double move. And now he's open, right? So it, it is it is the play off the play that they've consistently found ways to say, okay, you think you know what Devontae is running on this. He's not. Now he's running. If you think he's running, you know, that skinny post, now it's a corner or it's a blaze out and it's a double move and you're in trouble. The thing about that, though, is you have to be able to protect for that to work um, if it's going to be a deep route. The, the RPO um, tweak that I just mentioned, that's quick game, basically. And so though that, that is like, I was watching that going, oh, okay, so they're really on high level on this now. We talk about two high defenses and, and being able to run teams out of it. If you can throw teams out of it, you have to be able to use quick game to do it. And those kinds of opportunities to get the best receiver in the league on a double move against Jalen Ramsey, and it works, that's that's Devontae being Devontae. That's also a really good scheme. It was really good play design. They broke it out at the perfect time. And that that third down essentially sealed the game. Maybe we don't have the answer to this on the outside, but how much of that is built into the offense and how much of that is Aaron Rodgers and his veteran receiver being on the same page and making a tweak in, in the sense that like you can not necessarily just apply that to Justin Fields and say, all right, go be a math master at this offense. How much freelancing was there with Rodgers? A lot. Um, but it's also built into the offense. So it, it so like just getting there was the Troy Aikman criticism of the Cowboys game plan, right? CeeDee Lamb, why didn't he have 10 catches at halftime? Just the way that the, the coverage was. There are there are times when Rodgers, it's not an RPO. It's a run call. And he just stands and fires to Devontae if the corner's playing six yards off. Like Justin Fields probably not going to do that. Um, the Packers are pretty unique in having that in their offense. Um, and and that actually started with Brett Favre. Yeah. He did it, he did it just messing around one time. And it turned into a thing. And and there have been some coaches over the years who have who have sprinkled it in. Um, in college and even at the high school level. Um, but so there, there is some freelancing there. There are plenty of times where we've, they've hit a big play and Rodgers will come out and do a press conference after him. Like, yeah, I adjusted Devonte's route or, you know, there was a, I think it was in 2019, they hit a touchdown or a, some big play. And Rodgers said he called an audible from the Mike McCarthy playbook. <laughs> and it was like enough people knew the play because enough people were Rodgers and Devonte. Like half the offensive line was blocking a different concept. And, and it was just one of those things that worked because they're them. Um, but, you know, if if you're going to put Devontae Adams in the slot and get single high and it's a slot fade, like that's built in. Now, it still is going to take a really good throw and a really good release to make that work. But it's open. It's there. Um, and, and so I think those are the 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 matchups that that. Um, the thing that that makes the Packers offense so potent is they had the scheme, right? They had the 
the layups and and the things that that you don't have to work too hard to do. And if you just execute them, they work. You don't need the virtuoso talent. And then they had a quarterback and a receiver who could just make magic when they needed it. And and that's the secret sauce. I mean, we've seen this with the Chiefs over and over again. It's just Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes making a play or, or Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill making a play. You need that. Or Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase just making a play. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think Zach Taylor is a great coach, uh, but his quarterback and his receiver can make him right. And Luke Getzey doesn't have to be a great coach if Justin Fields is really good. Yeah. And and that's just like that's the position is just like that. Well, Bears fans certainly uh, hoping for all of that and more from their offensive coordinator and their quarterback. Peter, really appreciate you joining us to to break down this Packers offense. If if Bears fans want to go and find more of you talking about the Packers offense and other things, obviously they know Lockdown Packers. But where else can they find you on on social media and, and the other stuff that you do? Don't. It's fine. You just don't, you don't have to. <laughs> I don't think they're going to want to follow you on Twitter, but uh, just based Peter on the Bukowski is the Twitter. Go, you can certainly go find it. Um, <laughs> if you listen to Bears fans, I tweet about the Bears more than the Packers, so probably some really good info um, in my timeline <laughs> there for you. So, the, and your Justin Fields takes are uh, their favorite. I know, and they're le- they're legends. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, Peter, we'll appreciate you joining us, and uh, good luck with the Aaron Rodgers drama this offseason. Though I'm sure we'll check in at some point here and, and revel in your misery. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thanks again to Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. If you're looking for another listen, and now that you're done, you can check out our other Locked On Podcast Network Chicago sports podcast, Locked On Bulls, Locked On Cubs, Locked On White Sox, Locked On Blackhawks, and so much more. We got your team every day, all across Locked On Podcast Network. I promise you will find something you love. Like I said at the top, we got the Bears introductory press conference coming on tomorrow's podcast, then Senior Bowl coverage from there. And the following week, that second week of February, I'll be taking a couple of days off to start the week, recharge a little bit to get this offseason going. And then we've got free agency talk, roster analysis, and the NFL draft. So much more coming all your way. So appreciate you for tuning in. Hope you will keep coming back for more. And most importantly, I hope the Lockdown Bears podcast helps make it just a little bit easier for you to bear down.